And I'm Allison. And so the last episode we did, um, we talked about the Oscar nominations. Yeah. Which feels like a million years ago, but it was last week. Mm -hmm. So during like that talk, there were a lot of names that I completely butchered and I got shit for. We had a lot of mountains to climb in that list of names. Yeah, a lot of hills, mountains, skyscrapers. So, and I got shit for it. So I want to redeem myself. Okay. um, Because like my, so I have a last name that people have been butchering my entire life since birth. Like nobody can pronounce my name. So I I know how it feels. That's why Michael K, because nobody could say it. Yeah, you're like, trust me, K is just easier. (laughs) So my last name is... K-U-R-O-I-W-A. Wait, Allison, you said you can say it. I think I can. can. Okay. Kuro-Iwa. Oh my God, you're so (laughs) off. (laughs) Oh my God. And I was like so confident that I was going to completely nail that. That mountain, you like fell backwards. (laughs) I'm like the the, uh, mountain climber game on Price is Right. I just fell off the side of it. (laughs) Yeah, you just like, ooh. Yeah. So it's, um, so like the English, I guess, is Kuroiwa. But the, say that again? Kuroiwa. Okay. I mean, but the Japanese pronunciation is Kuroiwa. So sometimes it's kind of easier to say Kuroiwa. So it means black pebble or black rock, which is, <laughs> I wish it was black cock. I mean, it's so close yet so far away from black cock. Only if it's black others. cock, I'd change my name to Loves. Yeah. And the, like the Kardashians would hate me. They'd be so jealous. So, um, so yeah, so I have a last name that people can't pronounce. So I'm going to try and pronounce these, the names that I messed up. Okay. I'm so, and I'm so sorry for butchering your name. Like I said, I was very confident. Wait, what did you say? Kuroiwa. Well, that's better because some would say like curly bra, koala. (laughs) Like when I was little, I heard like they would make fun of it. My next guess is going to be koala. Koala bras. Yeah. So, um, okay. So the first one I messed up is the lead actress from Roma. Okay. Yalitza Aparicio. Okay. That sounds right to me. Yeah, that's right. I've been listening to it over and over again. The second is the supporting actress from Roma. Um, I don't know why I have... This one seems easier, but I have problems with it. Uh, Marina de Tavira. Marina de Tavita. That would Marina. be like my like. No, it's Marina, not Marina. Mari, um, Marina. Oh my God, I had it. Ma- Marina de Tavita. That sounds right to me. Yeah. So the third one is the director of the Cold War, which you got it right, but I couldn't. Which is uh, Pavel Pavelkowski. Yeah, and that one to me, I like I stumbled over that one and. Like I said, I should have I should have known better because I was close though. I got some complicated Polish last names in my family, so I should have really. But yeah, it, in general, the W you pretend it's a V, and then you've yeah, got like half right, and then it's kind of easy after that. Okay, yeah. so then the fourth one, I don't know why I butcher this because it's pretty easy. Is the director of the favorite, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, which is easy. I don't know why I butcher that. Yeah. My brain was. Fried from getting up at five in the morning to watch these dumb Oscar nominations. Yes, yeah, that's so a there. Acceptable excuse. Redeemed, I think, and watch me get emails about I fucked them all up again. But um, <laughs> there we go. So, 
So now, yeah. So now that we're in award season, I can say these names. But yeah. none of these people won last night, so I don't have to say their names now. But we're talking. We're going to talk about the SAGs. Yes. So the Screen Actor Guild Awards were last night, and it's that one where, like, you know, it's all about the actors and they vote for each other. Yeah. Fuck those directors. Fuck the directors. Fuck the cinematographers. Yeah. Fuck best editing on a short film. Yeah. This is not their night. Exactly. So actors make up the biggest voting branch at the Oscars. So the winners of the SAGs can sometimes be telling. Mm-hmm. I also like the SAGs because it's only two hours long. Yeah, and I like the name SAG. Reminds me of saggy. Like saggy tits? Yeah. That's, a fun, like, that's saggy, a fun word. Are you saying your kink is saggy tits? <laughs> there it is. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> So yeah, so it's only two hours long. Like they cut the shit and they get to it. Yeah. So, and I, you know, and I love that I'm an actor <gasps> shit at the beginning. You know what I'm talking about? I love it. It's so corny, but it's like, yeah, it's like self-aware, but not self-aware. Oh, I love it. So Jeffrey Owens, who was Elvin on the Cosby show, you know, he got shamed yeah. for, was last year for working at Trader Joe's yeah. in New Jersey. So he was in that bit. And he talked about working at Trader Joe's, and now he's got acting jobs. And now he's on the SAG's opening bit, which is the best, I mean, the biggest achievement you can get. Somewhere in the middle of the road of my life, I found myself in the dark wood of unemployment and debt. But instead of switching careers like a sane person, I took a job at a local Trader Joe's to see if I could hang in there with my career. And um, it's actually worked out pretty well. I'm Jeffrey Owens and I am an actor. Me though felt like that was kind of maybe mean because it was sort of like, hey, Jeffrey Owens, we know you got shamed on the internet earlier this year. How about you relive that moment on live television on Sunday night? Well, yeah, but he's getting a free meal out of it in open bar, I think. think Yeah, you know what? I saw champagne bottles on the table, so that's worth it. True. So, uh, as for the winners, A Star is Born didn't win anything. Sorry, Bradley Cooper. Uh, Black Panther won Best Ensemble of a Movie. Glenn Close won Outstanding Actress. Not a surprise. And I'm sorry, I'm, I said Best Ensemble, it's Outstanding. You know, yeah, these, it's... <laughs> these award shows, yeah, some are best, some are outstanding, some are... Yeah, this one is the... Yeah, the SAGs are the award ceremony where it's like, you're all winners in our eyes, but here's the person who's the most of a winner. Exactly. That's what outstanding means. So Rami Malek won Outstanding Actor, um, Mahershala Ali won Supporting, Emily Blunt Mm -hmm. shocked everyone by winning Supporting Actress for A Quiet Place. Regina King wasn't even in that, wasn't nominated, so. No. And also Emily Blunt not nominated for an Academy Award either. No, she's not. And then, so she beat Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz from The Favorite. And she also beat Amy Adams, who, for Vice. And Amy Adams never wins anything. I know. She's the Susan Lucci of movies. She just shows up in a dress and pretends like she's happy. She's like, hi, guys, you know that I'm a great actress. And eventually I'll get an award for some bullshit movie, like, 20 years from now. (laughs) The, like, pity award. So... Most actors, you know, they thank the director. Oh, yes. You know, so Rami Malek did not. What thank, a shock. I know, Brian Singer. So in case you've been living under a rock, um, Brian Singer, he directed Bohemian Rhapsody, but then he got fired for being 
allegedly an asshole. Yeah. He didn't get fired for, for, you know, trying to rape an underage boy, which is. Yeah, no, they they were cool with that, but they fired him because he was apparently throwing cult on set. Yeah. yeah. So he's still listed as director. So last week, The Atlantic finally published that Brian Singer expose we've been hearing about forever. It was supposed to be at Esquire. Didn't happen at Esquire. It happened at The Atlantic. So it's basically they interviewed men who claimed Brian raped them when they were underage boys. Um, yeah. It's like we, super, I mean, we've super all heard dark. stories about him. Yeah, yeah. Very dark. We've all heard stories about him for years and years and years. But Rami, uh, a while ago, was asked about it. And he claimed that he never heard the stories or allegations before he did Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody was filmed in 2017, and there were years before that the stories were in the mainstream. Like, um, that one man sued him for rape, I think, in 2014. So, whatever, girl. To be fair, Rami Malek obviously grew up in a place without the internet or people or talking to each other. So... A Quiet Place is real, I guess. And yeah, Rami was in that place until 2017. Yeah. So he still hasn't talked about it, really, which I don't... I think he's just plugging his ears by now and closing his eyes and going la 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 until he wins an Oscar. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing about... You didn't watch the SAGs, huh? I watched a little bit of the SAGs, but I didn't watch all of them because I was busy with another beautiful piece of television, which... I, we'll talk about later. But so one thing I know, and I noticed that about award shows lately is mm-hmm. everyone gives this like a powerful speech. Oh, everybody you know I mean? has a it's moment. No, yeah. It's no longer like, I want to thank the director. I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my stylist. You got, you got to say some shit. It's kind of why I like Merritt Weaver, who's won two Emmys and both of her awards speeches have just been like, thank you. And then yeah, that's what I would stage. do. I'd be like, thank you. Bye. Thank yeah. you. Next. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, when Black Panther won, Chadwick Boseman gave a powerful speech. When Sandra Oh won for Killing Eve, she won Outstanding Actress in a TV drama, whatever. She (laughs) gave a powerful speech. Glenn Close gave another powerful speech. So, if you're not giving a powerful speech, what are you doing? Why are you there? I think when you walk off the stage, they just take the award back from you. They should. They're like, we had an agreement. (laughs) Like, Emily Blunt, she got up and she thanked her husband and her kids. Yeah. It's like, girl, where's your powerful speech? Take your vagina dress and exit the stage. Did you see her dress? Like she looked like a like she a retro space vagina. It like did. Jane Jetson's vagina. Yeah, it was very like Barbarella meets Pornhub. So look it up. Yeah. So um also this is something that you wanted to talk about. Oh Allison. yes. Do you this want to is. Listen? Um so the thing that I was most excited about hearing, like after the SAG Awards uh aired, was um the kid who played the kid, I'm so rude. She has a name, and here I'm going to butcher her name. It's Mackenzie Hansisak. It yeah, kind of her, sounds. Yeah, that's what I would say. Her last name kind of looks like if you mash together Chris Isaac together. Anyways, that's it. Or like Hacky Sack. Yeah, yeah. The 90s are back, baby. All right. So basically, Mackenzie plays the younger version of Chrissy uh, Metz on the show. And uh, it was revealed that she was selling Girl Guide cookies at the SAG Awards last night. And so she's like, 11? Yeah, she's 11 years old. So she's obviously a Girl Guide. Or maybe she just robbed a Girl Guide. I don't I don't know. I don't know her life. Wait, uh, Girl Guide? Oh, sorry. Girl Scout. You guys call them Girl like, Scouts. Yes, you call them girl, girl Guide. Yeah, we had a very, I had a very Canadian moment. I was a Girl Guide. 
So that's why it's, it's like ingrained thing. in me. Yeah, girl. So not really though. You guys have Girl Scouts, and we have a thing called brownies, and then oh yeah, girl we have brownies. And, okay, so yeah, it's the same. Yeah, we have brownies and Girl Scouts. We don't have yeah. Girl Guide. We have Girl Guides, but our our cookies suck. Your cookies I'm not are way sure which is better, Girl Scout or Girl Guide. Girl, girl guide, guide is hard to say. Girl guide, girl guide. That's hard to say. That's <laughs> it also makes you sound like a guide dog. Yeah, like, or it sounds like a guide for girls. Yeah. Which I guess that's what it is, right? They're guiding you to sell cookies for them. Yeah, it's a valuable life skill. So the thing about girl guide Mackenzie is that, so I looked at her little cookie page, mm-hmm. you know, where she's, she's only at 1% to her goal. So oh she obviously didn't sell that many cookies, which... Why would you sell cookies at the Sags? Flat tummy cookies, maybe. Yeah, but... exactly. You're selling them to the wrong people. You got to sell their actors and actresses. You have to sell them to like the key grip and the best boy, the people that have been like starving all night. And they're just like, yeah, I'll buy eight boxes of cookies from you and eat them right now. Yeah. So she's got to sell like the screen grip awards. <laughs> right. That sounds like something else. <laughs> so, okay. So. Now let's move on to some depressing news. Yes. Why not? Um, So the Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland, premiered at Sundance last week. It's Mm -hmm. two parts. It's four hours long. Um, It's going to air on... Very long. It's going to air on HBO later this year. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't at all get into Michael Jackson's career or legacy because we all know that. And yeah. instead it focuses on the stories of two men who claim that Michael molested um, them when they were boys. Now one is Wade Robson. Who we all heard his story. He And he sued the Michael Jackson estate in 2013. Mm-hmm. And that lawsuit was thrown out years later. So the other man is James Safechuck. And so the first part deals with the alleged abuse, and the second part deals with how the abuse affected them when they were adults. So it's really dark, really depressing. Yeah, it's, but also like, I mean, I'm going to maybe sound really kind of callous here, but I feel like. I feel like this is like not a surprise documentary. Like I know people kind of on the internet today were being like, oh my God, like all the reactions from this documentary being like, this is so crazy. And it's like, yeah, it is kind of crazy. But I feel like in 2019, we're at the point now where you're either like on team Michael was a pedo or team Michael was not a pedo. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I think it also, they get detailed. and yeah. Apparently, so Wade claims the abuse started when he was seven. Uh, James claims he was ten. Yikes! I mean, they uh, everyone who's or people who have seen it says that they both come off very credible. Yeah, and um, so James tells a story which my skin came off and is now in you know on its way to a church to jump itself into holy water. Yeah, but um, so he claims that Michael put together a fake wedding. And they got married and exchanged vows. And Michael gave him a diamond wedding ring. And he he showed it in the documentary. Oh, my God. Even Satan is, like, shuddering right now. So, yeah. So, basically, there's a lot of fucked up shit in that documentary. And there was a trigger warning at the beginning, um, at the screening at Sundance. And people were told, people who went to the screening were told that counselors were standing by if they needed to talk to anyone. Oh, my God. So there were protesters at Sundance saying, you know, Michael Jackson is innocent right. and he was acquitted of child abuse. So he obviously is not a 
Pedo, you say, I say pedo. Yeah, I say pedo. pedo. <laughs> That's a song we don't need to sing. The Michael Jackson estate called the documentary tabloid trash and that the filmmakers were not interested in the truth and called Wade and James liars. So uh, it's classy. The truth. I want to know the truth about that wedding. You know what I mean? Like it's. Like, I, I, wa- I want. I want. I want a rebuttal on that. Like they're like, oh, it's not true. It's like okay, so ex- explain why Michael went out and bought a ring allegedly. A di- why he went to Zales? Yeah. For a ten-year-old t- boy. So my question is this: mm-hmm. So you know when the R. Kelly docu series came out? Yeah. Um, it got people to stop listening to him. Artists who worked with him, like Lady Gaga, pulled their songs with him. Yeah. So. When this comes out, and if it's as credible and devastating as people say it is, will the same thing happen to Michael Jackson? Um, That's what I'm wondering. I don't think so, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because I feel like there is like um, so much, so much information about Bill Cosby, and there are still people out there that are like, "Yeah, I'll watch the Cosby Show. I'll like download all the episodes. I'll go to Best Buy and buy the." dvd box series and i there's still gonna be people like that with michael jackson they're just gonna they're gonna be like i don't care they could be like watching a video of the wedding they could be watching the wedding footage and they'll be like nope nope there's a there's a totally reasonable explanation for this and so yeah i don't think people will stop yeah well that's true but bill cosby also like the cosby show got pulled from yeah so that's what i'm thinking like well you know companies and corporations like pull michael jackson stuff Pull Michael Jackson stuff that like also songs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Allison, I get know. your brain. I'm usually I'm, you know, back doing the backstroke in the gutter. Oh yeah, my brain's in the trash today. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Michael? I think that um, I don't know. I really don't think people will pull his songs. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, probably not. But yeah, like the so the Michael Jackson estate. I mean, they probably pay the bills of 99.9% of the Jacksons. Mm -hmm. So if they lose anything, you know, they're going to lose it because this is dead. Michael Jackson is paying their bills. Oh, yeah. You're going to see Tito Jackson down at Trader Joe's. Well, the the, 0.1% is Latoya, of course, because she just walks down the street and people throw diamonds and money her. So she doesn't need the Michael Jackson money. She's fine. Yeah, I had to find a way to lighten the mood. So that was it. And that wasn't a joke about her skin. (laughs) Okay, so I don't want to hear it. So now let's continue to lighten the mood with a car crash. Yeah, (laughs) an actual car crash. So a couple weeks ago, the Queen's man, Prince Philip, who is, I think, 455 years old. I think next month he turns 455. Yeah. So he's 97 in human years. Mm -hmm. So and that's a great age to keep driving, honestly, when you're rich and you're 97. Why not drive? Oh, yeah, I know we're all very comfortable when we see, like, 100-year-old people behind the wheel of a car. Especially a big SUV. There's nothing yeah. more comforting. It's like chamomile tea. Mm-hmm. So he got into a car crash with a Kia near Sandringham Estate, um, the one of the Queen's many places. Mm-hmm. His Land Rover flipped, but since he's a zombie robot, he wasn't injured at all. Neither was his bodyguard, who was riding with him. And his bodyguard was riding with him, but not driving. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So Philip is still driving and was photographed driving without a seatbelt. Sources have said that he thinks he's above the law and will only hand over his keys if he has to. Oh my god! I mean, I watched The Crown, so none of this surprises me. Prince what? Philip. I haven't a... seen it. Well, he's... Uh, Prince Philip well, has he's a, a major dick. attitude. Well, like he thinks he's hot shit. 
Oh, yeah. Like, Prince Philip, like, The Crown is obviously, there's only the first two seasons of it, and it deals with, like, young, hot Prince Philip. And, like, he was, like, a major dick in it. But, like, you could even watch episodes and be like, oh, yeah, that guy's totally going to, like, still drive his car at 97 without a seatbelt. So the Kia had two the Kia had two women and a baby in it. Oh god. That sounds like a sitcom. Yeah. So the the baby's fine, but the passenger, Emma Fairweather, got a broken arm and she's she's been doing the media rounds. Yeah. She's been saying that Prince Philip hasn't apologized to her. She thinks there's a cover up going on. She thinks she could have died. And so she's laying it on thick. I don't blame her. She needs to get that money. Get those quids. Yeah, quids. Prince Philip finally gave her a letter. She, of course, gave it to the mirror. So in the letter, he said he's sorry for his part in the accident and that at the scene, he was told nobody was injured and was told by police to go home. He's sorry now after hearing her arm is broken. So he kind of explained, I'm going to read a part of it. So Mm -hmm. I have been across that crossing any number of times, and I know very well the amount of traffic that uses the main road. It was a bright, sunny day. And at about three in the afternoon, the sun was low over the wash. In other words, the sun was shining low over the main road. In normal conditions, I would have no difficulty in seeing traffic coming from the Dershingham direction. But I can only imagine that I failed to see the other car coming. And I'm very contrite about the consequences. What a fancy apology. Very, he didn't write that. But it's like, he pretty much admitted fault, right? Yeah, he's like, and here's your check. Please cash it soon. There better be a check. There better have been a check stable to that letter. Yeah. And and the queen needs to get him some blue blockers if it's like if the sun is blinding him. Yeah, the the queen needs to get him a driver. <laughs> that too. And some blue blockers. And yeah. see, Emma, and I, when I've been watching her doing the rounds, you know, she's saying, you know, like there's a cover up. See, she's bold. To yeah. go after the royal family like that because we've seen those Bond movies. We know yeah. we know what he does for the queen. Yeah, we know what can happen to you to a person. Yeah, so Emma, take that check and run. This is the part where we go over five stories quickly-ish, starting with Katie Price. And if you're wondering who Katie Price is, please get educated. So. I've been writing about her a lot. She's a delicate flower from Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the second most beautiful woman in England after Jodie Marsh. I think she's England's official flower. That's Jodie Marsh. Oh. So she's probably England's official... Gemstone. Perfect. Yeah. So I wrote about her on D-Listed recently because she got arrested for a DUI. Yeah. <laughs> she, I wish... <laughs> she didn't... She didn't it hurt anybody. Well, she hurt a tree. She crashed into a tree, I think. And it was after, so it was after she went to her ex's birthday party, like all drunk, because she had a fight with her current boyfriend. As one does. Yeah. So she went to rehab and now she's out. And the best time to bring a new child into your life is when you're fresh out of rehab and you just got a DUI. Mm-hmm. So she was on This Morning in Britain which is a talk show in Britain. And she's and said that when she was getting her nails done one day, she sat next to a woman who runs an orphanage in Nigeria. Well, basically, I've always said, I think I've come on the show of you before, said I've always wanted to adopt a child. Um, I don't care if they've got disabilities or age, just because I feel I can offer a place. Funny enough, I was getting my nails done and there was a lady sitting next to me. 
And I don't know why I'm a bit weird like this. I said, I'm sorry to ask, but are you a nurse? Cut the long story short, she wasn't a nurse, but she's telling me how she looks after this orphanage in Nigeria and we got talking and stuff and she does things with disabilities and charities. I said, look, I've always wanted to, to adopt. But the thing is, it's easy to adopt abroad, but it's not easy to bring her back in the country. But, so she knows all these people. Why wouldn't you adopt a, a, a British baby? That it's so hard to adopt over here. Katie currently has five kids, including Harvey Price. She's currently married to her third husband, but they're not together. And so, yeah, so she's going to Nigeria to get a kid. (laughs) This sounds like the next level of the Nigerian prince email scam is like the Nigerian nail salon orphanage lady. Like, she's like, if you just give me $6,000, I can hook you up with an orphan. She's like, okay. She'd totally fall for it, too. And like, I don't know how the international adoption process works but there's like like a social worker has to get involved right i'm pretty sure but maybe the social worker will be so blinded by her beauty that won't see like the dui stuff and the, the social worker will be like well you know since angelina jolie's situation is such a mess i guess this is the next best thing Katie Price. Which, yeah. No, it is the best thing. It's better than Angelina Jolie. Yeah. But Katie's probably going to, when she goes to Nigeria, what she's really going to do is adopt a 25-year-old boy toy with abs. Yeah. That's what's really going to happen. So Naomi Campbell and Liam Payne, who was in One Direction and made a baby with Cheryl Tweedy. I guess she just goes by Cheryl now, but I like saying Cheryl Tweedy. And I like Cheryl... Uh... Ilanya Vazant or whatever her last name was when you it was like hyphenated. Ilanya Vanza. Yeah. She needs to fix her life. Yeah. So Cheryl Tweedy flirted on, oh, so Naomi and Liam flirted on Instagram, you know, like last week or something. Mm-hmm. And they were recently spotted together in the VIP suite at a concert in London. The Daily Star, the literary journal of england the Mm -hmm. very highly esteemed literary journal of england has video of them leaving together and before they get into a range rover liam puts his arm around naomi's waist Ooh, sexy means they're probably be married yeah wednesday so she's the 48 and he's 25 honestly it's a good thing that there's video proof of their relationship because i feel like telling people that you're dating a 90s supermodel is the famous person equivalent of saying that you've got a girlfriend who lives in canada like everyone's like yeah Yeah. sure you do yeah like this doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense to me at all like liam so liam is rich right but he's not wine and dine naomi rich no he's not billionaire rich no so when all this is said and fucked he's gonna file for bankruptcy and she'll be on to a billionaire where she belongs yeah tale as old as time on to some more One Direction news, because the year is 2015, I guess. Um, <laughs> a 24-year-old singer from New Zealand nobody has ever heard about decided to change that by getting a tattoo of Harry Styles on her face. So Kelsey Carter is really into Harry Styles. She has a song called Harry. And before she got the face tattoo, she tweeted that she finally knew what she was going to get him for his birthday. His birthday's on February 1st. So what a wonderful gift. Psycho. So she went to LA tattoo um, artist Romeo Lacoste, and he tattooed a picture of Harry's face from a photo shoot onto her right face cheek. And it looks, I mean, it looks real to me. I mean, I thought it was a stunt, but it looks real. It does look stupid. Yeah. I mean, Michael, look, there are dumber ways to prove that you're dumb, like getting Nile tattooed on your face, for example. No, I'd rather have that, probably. <laughs> but like, so this tattoo doesn't look at like Harry Styles. Does it look like Harry Styles to you? 
it looked like a um, a courtroom sketch of Harry Styles' cousin. Who is a baby. To me, it looked yeah. like Justin, like a baby Justin Bieber in a wig. Mm. And so, like, so kind of like, like Justin Bieber then. Exactly. Because Justin Bieber too, looks like a baby shame. in a wig. Too shame. Like a Gerber baby in a wig. Yeah. So this is not like Harry Styles is so going to get with her now because, I mean, who wouldn't want to be with How could you not? Who? But see, the thing is, like, this kind of sets you up for never really getting a man because no sane man is going to want to, like, kiss you and sex on you when you have, like, a baby in a wig tattooed on your cheek. And if a man does want to kiss you and sex you when you got a baby with a wig on your cheek, like he needs to be on a list. Yeah. But you know what, Michael? I mean, who wants a sane man? We're here for a good time, not a long time. You know, it's true. And it is Kelsey. What's I am forgot. I already forgot her name. Forget it. Kelsey Carter. (laughs) You. Oh, my God. You remember her name? Yeah. My brain is a dumpster fire right now. It's, It's remembering the worst stuff. So moving on to, speaking of Dunster Fires, yes. Lindsay Lohan, um, she has a new movie coming out in March. So she's got a reality show and a movie. She's back. We always say that. Yeah. Um, so her new movie is called Among the Shadows, and the trailer came out. So Lindy, Lindsay plays the wife of a European president. <laughs> I love it already. And, and she hires a private detective to investigate the killing of her husband's campaign manager. And there's there's werewolves involved. Yeah. Of course. Um, this is the perfect movie for Lindsay Lohan. I would sh- I should should say the perfect comeback vehicle for Lindsay Lohan, because much like a werewolf, she too is known for transforming into a wild animal at night and terrorizing people. <laughs> that was my bad. You should, that was my bad weekend that, update joke. That's the tagline. Yeah. You should hi- you should get into the marketing department of that movie, and it's probably not hard. No. <laughs> but um. So the so from the trailer, like it's so obvious that many of her scenes were shot in front of a green screen. Oh yeah, it's perfect. It's the like, perfect it's movie. Perfect. I mean, she's a serious, you know, beach club mogul now, so she doesn't have time to like go to Czechoslovakia wherever they filmed it, and so she has to do her scenes in green screen in the bathroom. Yeah, probably. she doesn't have time for method acting anymore. Yeah, and I think Meryl Streep shot all her scenes for Sophie's Choice in front of a green screen. I also heard that Meryl Streep turned down this role, too. So luckily, Lindsay was there to fill in. Yeah, which when when Meryl turns it down, you hand it to Lindsay, yeah. obviously. So finally, let's all hail uh, D-listed's new hot slut of the year, jo- Judge Rosemarie Aquilina. Such I love saying name. her name. I <laughs> love saying Aquilina. So she was uh, hot Slut of January of 2018, and she won Hot Slut of 2018. She's the judge who basically handed that um, pedo gymnastic doctor, Larry Nasser mm-hmm. a death sentence by sentencing him to 40 to 175 years in prison. So he's going to rot, obviously. Mm-hmm. So she's a goddess in every way. She's great. I feel like Hot Slut of the Year is, is too little of an honor. I feel like she should be like a hot slut for life. Well, you just named her that now. So she's our hot slut for life. All hail. <laughs> this segment is called the Delisted Movie Club, but this isn't really a movie. So we'll call it the Delisted TV Musical Club mm-hmm. this week. So, we're, of course, we're talking about Rent Live, which wasn't so live. Yeah, Rent Live on Fox. <laughs> on Fox. So before. before we get into it. I want to tell my Rent story. Okay. Have you ever seen Rent? No. Allison. I'm too young, Michael. 
no, I just, I, I've just never seen Rent Life. They, they could, you could see a community theater production. I think community theaters do it now. High schools do it now. Remember yeah. that that story about that high school that they, I, oh, I don't, I don't they, that they. they they, they couldn't didn't. have HIV, so they had like diabetes instead yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't know if that's a true story, but I, I think it is. I take it as a true story. Well, I've never yep. seen proof. Like I've I want to s- see proof. So if you have proof, email it to us because I yep. want to see this diabetes um, rent. And they couldn't like they don't take AZT. They took like insulin. Yeah. <laughs> see, I grew I grew up in like a small town in like the totally the type of school that would have done that. So that's why I believe this story fully. I'll, I'll choose to believe it because yep. I want to choose to believe it. So my story is like when I was in high school, junior high, I was a total musical theater queen. Like I loved musical theater. I would buy every album. I'd go to the Virgin Mega Store all the way in Hollywood, which was like 45 minutes from my house. And I'd buy it. I'd beg my mom. So and we didn't get like a lot of shows even to L.A. Right. LA's not even like back then it wasn't a big theater town it still really isn't but it really wasn't back then but rent came in like 1997 mm-hmm. and they did a thing they did a, the broadway show too where if you waited in line you could get tickets like front and second row tickets right so my friend asia and i we i got i convinced her to go to the amundsen theater which is like in downtown la mm-hmm. and we went like at six o'clock at night the day before and we spent the night oh my god because we were like we're like everybody's gonna be in line bitch we were the only ones in line (laughs) the whole night people showed up maybe like at eight oh my god so we were like with all the homeless people i mean but it was perfect so that and then that cast the la cast was dookie hauser played mark neil patrick harris (laughs) is his name yeah he played mark and then uh, Ricky from My Soul Called Life played Angel. That's that's pretty good cast. I, I can't remember a thing about it. I was probably fell asleep because I was up all night. But so so that's my and I'm not really a rent head. You know, there's rent heads people who are like obsessed with rent. Oh, I wonder what rent heads are called. They're called rent leasers. Leasers. <laughs> someone get that's back the to 2019. us. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're called rent heads. Are they? Oh my god. Yeah, they're called Rentheads. So they're really into the show. So I'm not a Renthead. So I went in last night with an open mind. Right. And I actually thought it was going to be good. Oh, same. I I was expecting Grease Live. And I loved or, Grease yeah, Live. Yeah, or like Jesus Christ Superstar. Superstar, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened was the, the guy who plays Roger, his mm-hmm. name is Brennan? Mark McGrath Jr., yeah, Mark. He McGrath looked like Mark Jr. McGrath that's, to me. That's his name. His name is Brennan. Anyways, his name is Brennan. I know his first name. So Brennan. So the night before, he busted his foot and he broke his foot. And he it was a real do Michael. It. You could say it was a real break a leg moment. Yeah, break a foot moment. <laughs> I had to. I'm oh sorry. my god, you're right. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Yeah. Somebody probably told him that. So he broke his foot or whatever, and he couldn't. They he couldn't do the show. Because, you yep. know, they jump on tables and shit. You know, they're bohemians. Bohemians jump on tables and shit. Yeah. So he couldn't do that. So they don't didn't have an understudy. And, I mean, the thing is, I was thinking, like, there has to be a rent head out there who knows the part back and forth. They should have just got a rent head. Oh, they would have been so easy to find a rent head. So instead of doing that, they um, aired the dress rehearsal. Big mistake. Huge. They aired the dress rehearsal. 
and they showed at the end of the finale, the cast got together and did like kind of the final scene and his foot was in a cast and he was sitting on a table. Um, so that's what happened. And then the live audience, they got like a concert version. So the mm -hmm. cast actually performed for them, but it was like a concert version. And I watched clips from that and it was actually better. Yeah. It just looked like they were having more fun. So what are your thoughts about? My thoughts about it were, I mean, I, like I said, I was expecting Grease Live and what we ended up getting was like Peter Pan Live with AIDS. Like it was just, it was a train wreck. It was bad. I thought it's it was just, really bad. Well, the sound was on. The sound was bad. It was like all that, like in the beginning, I swear to God. So I tweeted about this. So I am repeating myself. But in the first, like first and second number, I could have sworn that they were all lip syncing and like not lip syncing well, like lip syncing on like a three second delay. And I was like, I, you can't, it, this can't be rent live. Like they're singing along with a backing track. But that was before I knew that it was footage from the night before. I think they had planned for them to lip sync some of it because like contact Valentina, which she should have lip synced the whole thing. Let's be honest. Yeah. She, that contact, which is like the orgy scene. Yeah. She was totally lip syncing that because I was like, she sounds good. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's because she's lip syncing. I know you could you could really tell when she started singing live. And, and no disrespects, I love Valentina, but I thought she. I mean, if you had to ask me about her performance, I would quote Aretha Franklin and say, "Beautiful gowns, gorgeous oh, wow. gowns." I would because say she looked like wig. the part. Yeah, she looked like the part. She looked perfect. But I mean, I love. By the this is like. To totally pivoting like 180 degrees i love vanessa hudgens so i refuse to say anything bad about vanessa hudgens um and i thought that tanashi tina shay Tana i say tanash see i say tanashi which i think is that sounds wrong. better let's go with that okay i think that tanashi was doing a really good job but she was giving music video energy when i wanted musical theater energy i thought she was giving me take a nap energy and i thought most of them were like it was but it yeah. was a dress rehearsal that's the thing it's like maybe they're like saving themselves and saving their boys so they yeah. were kind of holding back because there was no energy like la vie bohème is supposed to be like a firecracker and it was a wet match yeah nobody was busting their ass on that song and i will talk about vanessa hudgens okay because i do i do like her i mean I love the princess her. switch if the princess switch was released in movie theaters i mean glenn close wouldn't be winning her oscar this no. year let's just say that you, you know what i'd be watching i'd be watching the princess switch live that's the live performance i wanted to see that's really what they should do yeah. but she i mean she was probably the best of the worst I think yeah, the women were probably the best of the worst. But it's like so, the thing about it was so polished mm -hmm. and it was so like, it felt like Disney theme park production. It just felt like so clean, so squeaky. Yeah. You know what it kind of reminded me of? Like with the set and every, like all the actors and everything, right? And like the audience, it felt like a musical that was um, staged inside uh, one of those two-story Urban Outfitters. Have you ever been in an Urban Outfitters that's the two stories high? Oh, yeah, in New York. A lot of them are two stories. Yeah, so that's what it reminded me of, is it felt like I walked into a two-story Urban Outfitters and then somebody put on some music and I was like, well, I guess a musical's happening now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like posers. <laughs> you know, it's like, I want some nasty grit. And it was like, 
too polished but you know it's fox it's a family musical and they made a like a lot of changes like what what were the changes like they didn't say poo poo like he says um one of the characters like says poo poo <laughs> yeah like that's one of the lyrics and they didn't say it which was weird and then in like la vie bohème they couldn't say dykes i think they said faggots too they no, but they definitely did say dykes i remember that yeah they said dykes and mm-hmm. they they said faggots but they didn't say dildo what like they changed dildo to i think latex or something which is like you can say dykes but you can't say dildo yeah what kind of country do we live in where you can't say this dildo? is trump's america this is trump's america yeah and La Vie Bohème happened after, I think, 10 o'clock, too. So it was, like, well within that, like, um, uh, Children are asleep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We didn't like it. So so we do a rating system here, a very, you know, I think I think Siskel and Niebuhr was their original rating system, I believe. Yes. Where we do puckering b-holes. Mm-hmm. So one to five. One puckering or zero. You can give zero if you want. And then five is the best. So how many? I mean, it's going to be no surprise to anyone that I'm not going to give it five. I give it, I'm going to give it at least one because it, I was a little entertained, um, but I did want to go to sleep. So I give it one, one puckered beehole. Okay. How about you? I was originally going to give it zero, but I thought about it and I'm going to give it two hmm. because I love a lot, even when they're bad, I love a live tv musical oh hard agree yeah even when they're bad and when valentina cracked i <laughs> i mean i played that clip i kept repeating over and over and over again i know it was so good it was so good and then so and then i i, I wrote about this on delisted and when i was on twitter this morning you know, everyone was dragging Valentina, mm-hmm. and one of you know she has crazy stands, right? Oh yeah, her her fans are the weirdest. They're like Beyonce level. Uh, yeah, they're like committed. Lady Gaga level. Yeah. yeah, and so one of them, I'm I'm paraphrasing, was like, you know, why are all of you dragging Valentina for having a shitty voice? Her character had AIDS, and AIDS affects your voice and your stamina. So he made a good point. That was method yeah. all the way. All the way. Like Daniel Day-Lewis who? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that ends this episode. Um, we're still doing shit advice. Yeah. So if you need a question, if you have a question for us, uh, email us at dtp at dtp at Also, if you have any other questions, like are we out of our minds, the answer is yes, but you can email us that question. Um, and so that's our show. Yes. See you. Oh my God. There I go with see you later. See you later, everyone. Bye. Bye.